Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Welcome to On The Pace on this Thursday morning's edition. Plenty of territory to cover today as well. We're going to have two guests uh, to discuss what's going to be a, a really busy weekend in harness racing we know the breeders challenge series is well and truly underway that continued last night at bathurst i'll quickly run through the results of each of those heats uh, before we catch up with ricky alchin to uh, discuss tuesday afternoon as well if we look back even a little further but the first of the heats and again no real surprises last night in the three-year-old fillies was taken out by she's the reason she was too good for brad hewitt who had a good night out all in all our goat was successful in the second of the races that was a two-year-old colts and geldings uh, first round heat for bernie hewitt he's a progressive horse and he won pretty comprehensively again bernie hewitt uh, was to the fore in race number three with kick the switch a son of lazarus in his first season has a breeders challenge semi-finalist uh, in the three-year-old fillies once more smoke show again for brad hewitt too good in 153 and seven that was a really sharp performance from her defeating who was back in third the new south wales oaks winner in windy Hill Tara. Then we moved across to race number six. And what about better be the best? 152 and six was the time recorded uh, by this year's New South Wales Derby. Victor, of course, the New South Wales Breeders Challenge Blue success is last start. Amanda Turnbull was aboard last night with uh, his trainer Nathan Turnbull uh, overseas, but she was able to steer him to victory. He looked really sharp too. He looked on the ball last night. 152 and six, 26 9, 27 7. El Camino won the second of the three year old Colts and Geldings to Divisions. And then we wrapped up the night with Siren C and Lady Kingsclare winning the two-year-old filly. So all in all, if you followed the favourites home last night, you certainly would have been on the right side of the ledger. As I mentioned, the Breeders' Challenge heats kicked off on Tuesday afternoon and Luxa Turner, she continued on her winning way. Now seven from seven unbeaten in this juvenile term and she's already banked in excess of $211,000 in the process. Her trainer and driver is Ricky Altrin and he's joining us this morning four on the pace good morning rick good morning Britt. how are you well thank you she's pretty special this girl i think we knew it from fairly early on but uh, she just keeps getting the job done and i think the best bit about her season so far is maybe she's had one tough run she just seems to be doing it so well yeah Britt, she, she's a you know she's a lovely filly and we're fortunate to have her in our stable but yeah she you know, she just keeps doing things easily and I don't think I was saying to somebody yesterday and we're not trying to get too ahead of ourselves, but, you know, I don't think I've ever fully extended her yet, um, which is a good thing. She doesn't need to be. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the back end of the season. What sort of filly is she? Does she look after herself well? Because you've pinpointed your targets and you haven't raced her for the sake of it uh, thus far. And I would assume she'll still have, uh, through the Breeders' Challenge series, a few more runs to go this preparation. But she's not going to be overtaxed despite having a a long season in terms of being up early on and still at the latter part of the year too. No, that's right. She, she is a lovely filly. She's a good-doing filly, actually. Like, if you could... Um... If you could design a perfect horse, she would be it. She's, um, you know, she's good gated. She's got a good temperament. She can be a bit sassy around the place. She'll have a bit of a bite and a kick when you're rugging her, but that, that's her only fault. Um, other than that, she's perfect. Um, I'll have a shot at the handicapping system while I'm on here. Like a horse like her, 
is a national rating 89, I think, now, and she's a two-year-old filly that's had seven starts. So um, that's going to be detrimental to her. So um, going forward in a, a later, um, you know, racing career, but it is hard to place her. So we will just have to pick pick the feature races with her from here. Yeah, it is a little tough, isn't it? And uh, it's not going to get any easier if she continues on her winning way as well. Um, in terms of the Breeders' Challenge, oh, at least you know you're safely through to the semi-final, and that's still a few weeks away now. So she'll just have a, a continual tick over between now and then. And uh, I guess having the opportunity to train her there at Menangle means you can give her a hit out when you need to. Yeah, that's right. She's um, She'll just stay ticking over. That's sort of what we've done with her in the past, just a few easy days here and there. And, yeah, obviously she'll race. She's got the semifinals and then, you know, all being well into the final. And then we'll, we'll add up whether we go to Melbourne for the Breeders' Crown or not or give her a good spell and get her ready for the feature three-year-old races. But we'll jump that hurdle when we come to it. Speaking of the Breeders' Crown, it's always been a little bit tricky since the calendar changed and where the Breeders' Challenge and the Crown sit. Is it possible? Is it a little easier this time round? How would it play out should she head in that direction? Um, yeah, well, it's sort of... It'll, I actually like it. It's straight after Breeders' Crown, uh, Breeders' Challenge here to some extent, and then you get December off with not much feature racing, which, you know, that gives us a chance to have a bit of a break and the staff to sort of have a bit of a break as well. Whereas last year we had um, Breeders' Crown early December, then Vic Bread on New Year's Eve, and the season sort of never ended. It just rolled into the, the next one. So, look, it, I think it's good, um, and it will give the horses to have a little bit of a let-up and the staff to have a little bit of a let-up. Yeah, certainly. And also with the change to the Carnival of Miracles and the New South Wales Oaks moving away from that carnival, it, it means that the, the earlier part of the season mightn't be as strenuous on her either. I know this is probably something that's not really entered your mindset, but I've heard a few swirling rumours and her name coming up in Eureka considerations. It, it seems crazy, but uh, that's the sort of standard that she's being held in at the moment. Have you had any conversations? Oh, look, it's... The, the, the Eureka was so new this year and it was so good. I think it was, um, you know, there was controversy around the funding of it or whatever, but I think it's what our industry needed. It was on the big stage. And I will say the three-year-olds, to me, did struggle in it this year. Um, but maybe that was, you know, just because you had a leap to fame and, and that amongst them as well. Look, it would be something, you know, you would have to think about, but... Something more like the Rising Sun, maybe in um, in Queensland through their carnival, might be, you know, a little bit more um, appetising because it's a bit shorter distance and um, yeah. But we, it's just nice to have these options and you know we've got to keep her sound and healthy and ticking along. But she she definitely is a filly that will be, um, you know, she, she's a she's a star filly. Yeah, she certainly is Lux Eterna, so we'll wait and see uh, when she bobs up next in those semifinals of the Breeders' Challenge and then safely through that on to another tilt at a Group 1. You've got a busy few days upcoming with your stable. You've recently, I guess, moved the bulk of your team that were situated in Victoria back home. You've had a, a bit of a, a cross-border uh, stable for a, a few months now, but you've got Tardelli going around uh, today or tonight at Melton. It's been a frustrating campaign, I'm sure, uh, for you and the Laspina family, considering what he was able to achieve as uh, a two-year-old. And we know that he didn't have a, 
I guess, a, a straightforward campaign prior to his Group 1 victory last year. But this looks like a good race for him to bounce back into some form. You've utilised Abby Sanderson's concession claim, and this would be a nice confidence boost for him. Yeah, Will Britt, um, I'm actually quite happy with the horse, whereas I wasn't when he went to Queensland. We just had a bit of a checkered path up there, and we brought him home and freshened him. And his uh, runs in the Vic Bread were actually really good. He was just tarnished with bad barriers. And last Saturday night in the Vic Bread final, um, he was back near last, and it was a slow tempo, and they, they sprinted home really hard. And he, he went 54-4, I think, his own half off the track, which... You know, that, that's as good as they can sort of go. Um, and I really expect him to put his right foot forward tonight. Um, Abby is driving him for the first time, and he's got a big prep bonus. That's why he sort of I used her claim so he can draw better. Um, if she gets him away safe and puts him into the race, they'll know he's there. All right, that's Tardelli tonight at Melton. You head to Penrith with two runners this evening, nice and early on the card as well. What can you tell us about COD having uh, her first start for your stable? She's won six, including four this season, so uh, she's certainly uh, doing a good job. She's, in terms of her numbers, aren't overly flash at her last few, and she's got a wide gate to encounter here, but uh, she looks quite well placed. What What do you make of this mare's chances first up? Yeah, look, I haven't had her long. I only brought her home with me um, on the weekend, last weekend. But, yeah, her, her runs in Melbourne have been quite good. She's still lowly assessed, and I think she's definitely a horse to follow out of tonight. Um, you know, I would have liked to have preferred her to draw in close, but that's just how the cookie, cookie crumbles. But I think going forward, she, she's going to do a good job here. All right, that's race number one. And Casta Semenya goes around in race number two. She's on the quick backup. She won at Goulburn on uh, Monday, and she was able to lead all the way on that occasion, first up from a little bit of a freshen. So uh, she's clearly come through that run well, and she heads to Penrith tonight. Yeah, she, she's a filly that um, I've got a little bit of time for. She's quite a well-bred filly. Um, yeah, she's on the quick backup. I've seen this race um and up to 55 mares that can race for 20,000 into a final. And obviously it's hard to come from um, barrier nine over a mile or barrier 10, sorry. But um, I, I think she's the best horse in the race. And if we can just get her through into the final, um, that'll give us another week to, to tighten up a little bit. All right. Those first two races are uh, two heats of the Ladyship, or the Penrith Harness Racing Club Futures Ladyship, with the final to be run next Thursday night for $20,000. So good prize money indeed for these mares. Appreciate your time this morning, Rick. Continued success throughout the Breeders' Challenge Series in particular uh, with Lux Turner. Great to see her continue on a winning way there on Tuesday. No worries. Thanks, Brittany. Ricky Alchin joining us this morning. So Luxa Turner, uh, she is some sort of filly now, seven from seven. And it would be uh, interesting to see through the Breeders' Challenge if she therefore uh, goes south once more to tackle the Breeders' Crown, which we know is always a really, really strong series, particularly with the might of Emma Stewart. And she's got some very nice two-year-old fillies uh, headed by Draw a Dream. That'd be uh, a really, really good challenge and test for Luxa Turner. But, of course, the Breeders' Challenge is her uh, more recent or upcoming target. And she took the good first step forward in that through her heat on Tuesday. Looking forward to catching up with Alex Ashwood shortly to discuss uh, his runners in New South Wales over the next two days. Morning, Alex. How are you? Morning, Britt. Very well. Yourself? 
Very well. Thank you. You're border hopping this weekend once more. You've got a few runners tomorrow at Wagga and then on Saturday night at Menangle, uh, you've got a few more, including Cemetery Bay in the carousel final, which no doubt has been uh, the target race this weekend. What did you make of his performance in his heat? He was beaten as favourite, but when you consider he had to do all the work outside the leader, I thought it was a pretty gritty, determined effort. Yeah, he was pretty brave and uh, he stuck on quite well. Um, like, that's not his goes hitting parked and he boxed on quite strong to the finish and went went okay times going 56 over 2300, but he's going to be much more suited on Saturday night, driven cold and come with one run, one run and hopefully there's great tempo early and he can capitalise on that. It was interesting. I was looking through his form and he wasn't a, a go-forward type, but I guess when you were forced to either win most notably or run second to, to make your way into the final and it's only due to a scratching that he's made his way in anyway you're probably forced outside of his comfort zone a little yeah 100% and plus um, we don't we don't mind being a bit aggressive when we need to and we thought the night um, on last week was a chance to drive him a bit out of his comfort zone and nearly paid off but this week um, there's there's a quality lineup and they're pretty much um, an even bunch and yeah, he's only get his chance to driven how he should be driven. Did you take him home and bring him back? And, and if so, how has he dealt with the trips? And do you expect him to have no issues uh, again heading to Menangle on Saturday night? Yeah, we brought him straight back uh, on Sunday and he's pulled up extremely well and he trained yesterday and felt quite sharp. So he travelled um, quite well, especially being a Mildura horse. He's used, usually um, quite used to the long... Uh, four hours since to Mildura and back, but now uh, he is quite seasoned now and it's going to be an old issue going forward. So you're confident of a forward showing there on Saturday night? It looks a really even race and as you mentioned, it's a, it's a quite a, an even field and a quality field and that you would expect there to be some tempo. Yeah, if there's good tempo early and good speed and um, and they run a good middle half, he's going to be right in it, um, but if they don't walk in a slow lead time, it's going to make life a little bit tricky, but um, he, he's well at the moment and what he can run his last mile in at Melton over the 2200 he's going to be more more than competitive in this Alright, that's race number 6 on Saturday night, the feature the $50,000 Schweppes Carousel Final, you're bringing Pacifico Dream with him a, a relatively recent addition to the stable but an extra well performed horse who's done very little racing over the last few seasons, you would expect being an older stallion as well, each run he has this prep will get a little better and uh, the margins have been decent enough but I thought his run in, Mer- in the Maryborough Gold Cup on Sunday was quite okay, he meets a strong field on Saturday night but I'm sure you wouldn't be bringing him if you didn't think he'd run a, a solid enough race. Yeah, you're quite right there. He's getting better every run he has. Um, he's probably um, not 100% wound, wound up yet, so we're just bringing him up nice and slow. So he, he's just coming up for um, for, for pretty much a hit out. So he gets a, a couple more miles under his legs and then uh, he'll have a couple more runs. Then he'll go to the paddock for a couple of weeks and reset and get him back ready for the country cuts, but um, really happy with him. Um, it's a strong race, so he will just be driven quiet and be hitting the line late.
All right, that's race number three, the open class event on Saturday night over the 2300. And before then, you've got uh, Wagga tomorrow afternoon with two runners engaged. And I would assume the uh, major reason for the trip is Friendwood Miracle going around in the Breeders' Challenge heat for the three-year-old fillies. She's so consistent, this little filly. Uh, She's won three from 17 but she's been placed in another 11 and it wouldn't surprise if she was able to break through she's got a nice draw probably a, a draw that really suits her yeah she's got a great draw drawn uh, on the fence there and following through look she's only be three fence and like you said she's pretty consistent you love to own her like she's just a great bread and butter horse and um she that lacks a little bit of x factor but she can follow any speed and um if they if Pity gets rolling on Major Delight. Um, she should be somewhere there in the finish. I don't think we can beat Major Delight, but I think we're more than capable of coming uh, a good second behind her. Yeah, interesting. With Major Delight on the comeback, we know that she uh, had a real battle on her hands with her health throughout the winter period, this star filly, and uh, she missed the recent Vic Bread series through that, but being New South Wales bred, we know that uh, of I beg your pardon, she's now in the New South Wales series. She was uh, the Breeders' Crown winner last year. She won the gold bracelet at Bathurst as well, but uh, first up at Bathurst she was knocked over, so who knows if she's a little soft, Friendwood Miracle could be uh, the horse on the scene. Incredulous goes around in race number six. Uh, she herself is pretty consistent. She comes through some strong races too. She contested the Vic Bread series, so she should enjoy this sort of race yeah um she's going pretty well and um looking at the race um not knowing too much about the rest of them but it looks like she's found the right race to uh to be the first across the post and she's going to be driven quite confident on friday so um so taylor's got um the green light to be quite aggressive early and if she can find the front she's going to be very hard to beat all right, that's races five and six tomorrow at Wagga. Appreciate your time this morning, Alex. Good luck over the next few days. Uh, a few miles to be travelled, but he is hoping it's worthwhile, particularly around Cemetery Bay in that uh, carousel final on Saturday night at Menangle. Thanks, Britt. Appreciate it. Alex Ashwood joining us this morning. So he's going to jump across the border from the home state of Victoria to contest some uh, Good quality contests over the next few days. And I think well, that's uh, something that we'll see over the next few weeks with several uh, travelling for the Breeders' Challenge and maybe bring some uh, companions with them to uh, target these good prize money events that are uh, right across the calendar. So Cemetery Bay, certainly one of the favoured runners in that carousel final, despite a wide gate. That's race number six on Saturday evening. We race at Penrith tonight. We've spoken to Ricky Alton about his two runners there. Eight races at Penrith this evening in the First getting underway at 6.06 and we have another nine this afternoon before that from Tamworth, the first there at 12.42. Thanks for joining us for On The Pace on this Thursday. Mick Gearham will be back tomorrow morning from just after 10.30 to find some winners for what's going to be a busy weekend in harness racing.